Did you know that studies have shown affirmations can profoundly influence your psychological well-being, enhancing self-confidence and reducing anxiety? Here at Positive Birth Australia, we have crafted a 20-minute birth affirmations track filled with soulful, carefully curated affirmations to empower, inspire, and guide you to deeply remember the power you hold within. And to my fellow belly birth mothers, we have created a track specifically for you to honor that all birth is a sacred moment of profound significance. For only $5, you can download and immerse yourself in our affirmations track to transform your mindset in the lead up to birth and during labor, serving as a potent reminder of the inherent power and love you possess. Visit us at www.positivebirthaustralia.com or head to the show notes and follow the link provided to start your journey toward a more empowered birth experience. Welcome to Positive Birth Australia, a podcast created to empower and educate mothers along their own pregnancy journey. Each week, I'll be sharing insightful and inspiring birth stories and advice in the hopes to help you create your own positive birth experience. I'm your host, Sky Marie. Let's get into today's show. Welcome back, everyone. On today's show, Winona shares her rite of passage into motherhood. Winona was considering the path of freezing her eggs when she unexpectedly conceived her daughter. After a moment to process, she completely surrendered into the season upon her, unaware of the deep healing her daughter's divine timing would have on her wounded feminine. Her background in holistic health guided her to a place of trust in birth, calling on the wisdom of a birthkeeper to help her reclaim her rite of passage and strengthen what she innately knew she was capable of. She shares her unwavering belief in her body's process, even when a drawn-out labor depleted her of energy, and the moment she realized her subconscious resistance was holding her back from birthing. Enjoy the episode. Winona, welcome to Positive Birth Australia. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. Do you want to just start off by telling the listeners a little bit about yourself? For sure. Um, So at the moment, we are based in the Northern Rivers, in the Byron hinterlands, up in the rainforest. It's very beautiful. Um, We will only be here for a little while. It was just a place to come and nest um, before I had Bob and then obviously give birth here too. And yeah, just settle into postpartum and um, new parent life. Um, But we'll be moving on soon um, back to where family live around Bellingen. Um, but yeah, there is me, my partner, the newest addition, my little baby, Maya, and our beautiful puppy, Essie. She's one. Um, so that's our little family. Gorgeous. <laughs> and was she a planned conception or? Um, no, she was no. A, <laughs> a big old surprise. Um, it definitely, yeah, took us by surprise um, just because I... <laughs> I have endometriosis and, um, yeah, just a few other little, I guess, issues with my feminine. Um, So I was seeing a woman's health specialist, a naturopath, and was literally a few weeks before I conceived, was 
planning on just freezing my eggs as like an absolute backup because I have a very low egg count. Um, So yeah, it was a, it was a surprise and it was, yeah, a huge adjustment to like wrap our heads around. Obviously we always wanted to have babies and like me and my partner have been together for five years. And so we've spoken about it, but when something like that just, yeah, I don't know, takes you by surprise. Yeah. It's a huge um, thing to wrap, wrap your head around, but the best thing ever. Yeah, of course. <laughs> when you um, conceive by surprise, it's like, oh, you didn't prepare mentally, if you know what I mean. It's like, oh, we don't have the house or we don't have this and we don't have that and it doesn't feel like the right time. But we kind of concluded that there really is never any like perfect time and I fully believe that your baby chooses you and, um, yeah, she was ready. So so we were ready. <laughs> yes, yeah, love yeah. that. So had you been told because of your endo that you would have issues falling pregnant? Was that sort of like the advice you were getting? Yeah, so what happened was I just like my periods were all over the shop and I was having like really bad pains and this was going on for a few years um, and I also had quite a – bad eating disorder a few years ago and so I fully just think that I you know I wasn't loving my body and I definitely needed to heal my relationship with myself and I just think all of this over years manifested um in like my womb space and so um I started seeing a women's health specialist um who's a naturopath and just was taking herbs and you know she asked me to go get a few tests done um which meant meant I had to go through like the Western medical system and the doctors and all of that. And um, yeah, basically I just had like, I can't even remember what they're called now, but a few different tests done and it just kind of was indicative of like a super low egg count. And then obviously um, in my experience anyway, um, a lot of the time doctors, I feel like they instill a lot of fear in you and um, without really I don't know, like focusing on the more holistic aspect of things. And um, I'm also studying naturopathy. I'm three years in and I have one year to go. Um, So, yeah, I'm very passionate about holistic health. Mm. Um, So when, yeah, when the doctor was like, you know, it was very much coming from a place of fear and it was like, you should look into go freezing your eggs, yada, yada. And I hadn't even considered all I could do yet from a more holistic approach because I was just really nervous and I just always wanted to be a mama and I never thought that it might be something that I'd actually struggle with. Um, basically, I, I I think was in my head about it and I came up with this narrative like you're going to struggle. But it was also because the doctor and like that, yeah, the Western system had kind of like instilled that fear in me. Um, so, you know, I don't know if it, it was definite that I was ever going to struggle, but I – I actually thought that I would. And um, like I said, I had a really low egg count um, and I was looking at freezing my eggs. So, you know, yeah. And also in the five years that me and my partner had been together, we'd never kind of had a scare before. And then I had all these friends around me who were like getting pregnant, just like, you know, with the tiniest little slip up or, you know, all these things. And so I was just like, why, why haven't, why hasn't that happened to me? (laughs) So, you know, yeah. 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 Okay. And so did you intuitively feel that you were pregnant or was it just your cycle was late? So I usually track my cycles and, um, I, you know, yeah, I checked my, my tracker, um, and I was like, oh, I was ovulating. And then my partner was like, 
oh, what, you know, what do we do? Like, should I take like a morning after pill? And I was like, I really don't want to be putting that in my body. I don't like the idea of those um, pills. And also, like, this is literally what I said to him. I was like, also, like, what are the chances, you know? And he was like, yeah, true. (laughs) And this was literally just because of, like I said, that story I'd been telling myself. Anyway, so a week week passes and um, my period's late. And then another week passes, still late. And then my boobs start to feel different in like a way that I've not felt before. And then I started feeling a little bit averse to foods. And I was like, all right, intuitively, I reckon something's going on here. And my sister, my sister goes, oh, my God, imagine if you're pregnant. And I was like, yeah, right. Um, So anyway, ended up taking a pregnancy test and I was pregnant. And yeah. Um, initially it was just like, you know, like me and my partner literally were both like, all right, time, like off we go to get an abortion. And I mean, I hate to even say that now because it just feels, yeah, like it's crazy to think that how this year's played out could have been completely different. But, um, once I sat with that idea for a few days, I went out into nature and I really just like connected to this little spirit inside me and I was like this there's no way that I'm I could uh take this away you know what I mean like there's no way I could have an abortion and Mm. that's what I concluded and so when I then said that to my partner yeah there was a lot of disconnection for a while um just because we weren't meeting in the middle and I guess a lot of fear came up and I think it's really common for that to especially come up in the masculine because uh, I don't know maybe fear of their like freedoms being taken away or fear of full full true commitment um fear of responsibility whereas for me it was like yes this is wild yes this is going to change our whole life but in the best way possible and you know, it doesn't, there's this real stigma about, about becoming a parent and it's that you lose all of your, um, like freedoms. And I really don't think that's true at all. I think that you still get to do all the things you want to do, but it just looks really different now. And it's so much more meaningful. So yes, yeah, they change your entire perspective on life, don't they? Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And how long did it take for your partner to sort of get to that place of like, yep, all right, we're doing this? Yeah, I would say probably like roughly about a month. Um, and it was like really the most disconnected I've ever felt from him, which was like sad because I really just needed to be held and told like, all right, you know, however this plays out, like we're in this together type thing. Um, but yeah, it definitely took about a month and there were a lot of tears. And in the end, I ended up just writing this huge letter and I just explained how I felt and how beautiful it could all be. And like, there was no reason to be scared, yada, yada, but also like validating how he felt right. Because it's totally understandable. Like, yeah, that you feel those emotions come up. Um, so yeah, I wrote this huge letter and then basically, yeah, we, he just came to me and he's like, look, like if this is what we're doing, then this is what we're doing. Like, let's do it. And I just remember crying the happiest tears of relief, just being like, oh my God. And saying like, I know you're going to be the most amazing father. 
it's going to be the best thing ever. <laughs> yeah, of course. It's such a massive commitment being, you know, this little soul's everything. And I can see how that fear would arise when you haven't mentally prepared for it. Exactly. And also, yeah. you know, we as mothers have that instant deep connection with our babies because we're growing them, you know, whereas partners don't get to feel that straight away, I guess. So, exactly. yeah, thank you so much for sharing that because I, I feel like even though people might not want to admit it or, or share openly, that is probably something a lot of people can relate to. Yeah, of course. And I feel it's really important to open up about too because like on my socials and stuff, it's all very, you know, like I am very honest about my life um, as much as I feel I want to share. Um, but I think a lot of the time people can look at it and be like, oh, like this, you know, it just, it all flowed so perfectly, yada, yada. And it was, it definitely didn't at the beginning. It was really um yeah, it was tough at the beginning. So, yeah. yeah. So once you guys had united as parents, I guess, how was the rest of your pregnancy? It was amazing. It was a, a yeah. it was a breeze. Yeah, I, um, I, I had nausea for maybe the first, I don't know, on and off throughout the first trimester. There were some days that I didn't, and some days that I did and um you know I lived off like crackers and just <laughs> toast for like a few weeks there um but other than that it was great um I felt really I felt the most connected to my body that I ever have in my life and like I mentioned earlier I um I had a pretty poor relationship with my yeah myself and my body image and stuff growing up. That's so wild to me because I just look at you and I'm like, wow, she is just so naturally stunning. Oh, <laughs> but it just shows, you know, you can never tell what someone's going through in their personal life. Of course, yeah, you never know. Um, and yeah, I fully feel that this pregnancy was just so so healing for me in that way and also postpartum like you know my body's changed a little bit and um, my hips are a little wider and my clothes don't fully fit me the way they used to and um, I look at myself now and I'm just like how amazing like I see this like goddess you know whereas I just I never used to be able to see myself in that light I could appreciate other people in that light and I thought wow stunning <laughs> we're all so beautiful in our own unique ways but I really struggled to see myself that way and um since growing life and birthing in you know uh such an empowered way I just yeah I see myself very differently now and so much more love um and appreciation for myself and my body how amazing is that absolutely and I feel as well like my little girl was you know yeah a huge instigator for that healing as well because I never want her to you know hear me speak badly about myself and I want her to always know that like you are beautiful you're you're beautiful as you are you are whole you're perfect you know yeah such a beautiful message now what was your perception of birth at this stage being a surprise pregnancy was there any you know positive stories that you knew of or was it very much fear-based um, I would say it was mostly fear, but I, like, like I said, having a background of, um, like holistic health and, um, the naturopathy and stuff, I've always, well, for the last few years anyway, been more, you know, in that, um, 
world of holistic health and is away from the Western medical system, if that makes sense. And so when I did find out I was pregnant, it was kind of no, like, surprise to me that, of course, if I don't, if my first port of call when I'm, like, unwell or I, you know, I feel I need support is a naturopath or, you know, that holistic health side, then why would it be any different when it comes to birth and pregnancy you know like why would I go and um put myself in the hands of like doctors and obstetricians and all of that if they haven't actually served me uh before now does that make sense yeah absolutely (laughs) yeah so yeah I would say that there was definitely a lot of fear stories that I would hear um but when I really connected to like what was true for me and my baby moving forward um yeah it was just like birthing in my full power and connecting with like-minded mamas and people that really yeah trusted in birth and we ended up being in contact with a woman who um is just amazing her name's Amy and she's a birth keeper who is from like the northern rivers so we got in contact with her and she was running a Um, sovereign birthing workshop which was just all online and it went for a few hours and me and Joel were like all right let's do this and this was like you know I was probably two months pregnant and we did the workshop and it blew my mind she really just like yeah is that Amy as in Bushrat on Instagram yeah 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 (laughs) I love Amy she's awesome yeah she's amazing so she was actually she ended up being my birth keeper for yeah my whole pregnancy and she was at my birth so yeah shout out to Amy she's amazing (laughs) she is what an incredible presence to have in your birth space too oh yeah she shifted so much in us when um yeah at the beginning of my pregnancy and just yeah really really grateful for everything she taught us and really allowed me um to just continue like diving deep into educating myself on everything birth related right because like knowledge is power yeah absolutely so speaking of knowledge was there anything other than amy's course that you did to sort of get yourself educated any books that you read that sort of thing yeah i would honestly say the most helpful thing for me was drowning out all of the noise and just coming back to me and my baby you know like coming back to my intuition and my mama instinct because when I really blocked out all of the noise it was really clear to me how I would be moving forward with my pregnancy and my birth you know and I feel like so many people they want to listen to all the podcasts and read all the books and do all the googling and yada 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 but I feel like it can be it's too noisy sometimes and it can yes some resources are incredible but um yeah, it can disconnect you from what you know is true for you, I feel. But in saying that, um, I did read a few really good books. Um, I read Reclaiming Childbirth as a Rite of Passage by Rachel Reed, which was really amazing. Um, and Sacred Birthing by Sunny Carl, which was, it's a quite a spiritual take on everything. Um, but I, I loved it. Um, yeah, they were probably my top two books. And it was just a really connected time for me to come back to, yeah, my truth. Yeah. Love that. Beautiful. 
Now, you mentioned that the house you're currently living in was chosen specifically for this part of your journey. Yeah, so basically for a big chunk of this year, we had been doing random house sits like up and down the coast, um, saving money on rent and just staying in different places. It was kind of like a little vacation in a way and I could work online. Yeah, it was fun. But then towards the end of my pregnancy, I was like, all right, I've had enough of this. I need somewhere to nest now. I can't keep moving around. Um, And obviously we are in like a housing crisis in this you know, around here at the moment. And it was really difficult to find a rental that would allow for a dog and a baby. Like, I don't know if you know, yeah, much about like the Byron area, but for some reason, finding somewhere that welcomes a little family is like so difficult and where you're also, you know, not paying like ridiculous amounts of money. Um, So we were really struggling to find a place and I just kept coming back to like, just trust, just trust, like your baby's going to guide you to wherever they want to be birthed. And I, you know, there were moments where I was like, how can I trust in this? It's getting so close to me giving birth and we still don't have a place to live. Um, and then, yeah, a, a woman reached out to me. She saw that I'd made a post on Facebook and she said that um, they had a little two-bedroom like cottage um in the Byron hinterland um available and we could stay as long as we needed and come when we were ready and it was just it felt really perfect just being here in nature um and yeah I came to look at the place and I was like this is it like it was just a full body yes this is where I'm going to be giving birth and um yeah just resting and nesting and so yeah I fully believe that this is where my little girl led us to um so yeah it's been beautiful yeah how were you feeling in the lead up to birth? Was there any impatience or was there any practices that you implemented that helped to keep you grounded? I was very impatient. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was just over being pregnant and I just felt like so big and oh, I was just over it. Yes, I felt impatient and a little... I guess a little bit nervous. It was like nerves and excitement. And every time I'd think about like, you know, my like going into labor, I would have this like full body jitters, but it wasn't because I was like scared necessarily. It was just like a little bit of, I guess it was just that unknown, right? Like I've never done this before. It's, it's a little nerve wracking, but mostly exciting. Um, in saying that I had full trust the whole time. So it was never like I'm scared or I didn't feel safe in like the decisions that I'd made for like how I was going to birth and stuff, you know, plus you're never locked into anything. Um, But yeah. I don't think I've asked what model of care did you end up choosing? Did you have a private midwife or was it just Amy? Oh yeah. So no. So I I just had, I guess a free birth, like, Amy is just a birth keeper, like an amazing birth keeper. So she was here just witnessing me and holding really beautiful space, but it's completely hands off. Mm-hmm. Um, I did not have a midwife, no. Uh, I had Joel, my dog, Essie, and then a beautiful friend of mine. Her name's Meg. And she was, when she was at my birth, she was training to be a doula. So she just came because um, it's such good experience for her and yeah, so basically just her and Amy and Essie and Joel were at my birth. Um, 
yeah, it was amazing. It was so amazing. So really just completely undisturbed, um, peaceful and yeah. Any scans or checkups during your pregnancy or were you just choosing to stay completely out of the system? So I had two scans throughout my whole pregnancy upon reflection um like yeah upon reflection I don't feel it was necessary and when I left the second scan which was the 20-week scan me and Joel walked out and we were like that just felt something about that felt odd it just didn't feel right to us and there's you know there's no right or wrong with any of the decisions you make but personally it just um yeah it just didn't feel like it was necessary um so yeah, we had the two, but I think for my next, my future bubbers probably will steer clear of that. Yeah, cool. And what about the end of your pregnancy? Was there any clear signs that labour was about to start? Um, no, I definitely felt labour was close. Probably like two weeks out, I really like a shift. I really started. Yeah, I felt a shift. I really started to feel like, all right, it's getting close. I feel babes really close. I had dropped like quite a lot um and I don't know yeah it's just a feeling isn't it it's just this feeling like I'm really nearing the birth portal now and then um on I think it was a day before my due date um that that the doctors had given me um I my water started like slowly releasing it wasn't like a big pop or anything it was just like they started trickling and I was like yep all right it's happening and then from then for the next two days so from the 10th to the 12th um it was just a very slow progression um into labor and it was a lot of on and off so it would start and it would get intense and then all of a sudden it would die off and I was just like no come on and so I wasn't yeah, it was tough because I wasn't sleeping during the night because I was still having mild contractions. Um, so, yeah, my water's released on the 10th and then the 11th at like oh, 2 a.m. or something, um, they actually fully popped. It was like out of a movie, you know, when it just like, like I felt a pop in my belly, like a balloon. And then, yeah, it was just a huge gush of um, amniotic fluid. And I was like, all right, surely this really means it's happening now. But again, for a whole day after that, it was just on, off, on, off. Um, How was your mental space at that time? Because I know that's really challenging. Oh, my mental space was not good because I was really impatient. And also I was exhausted already. And I started to get worried, like, I need to rest because... I want to, I need to have the energy, um, for actual labor. Um, so I didn't actually end up resting that much and it was, oh gosh, birth was just wild. Like I was so delirious and I kept thinking, how am I actually going to do this? I don't have any steam left and you do, you do it. Like you, you just do it. Yeah, so true. Was there anything that really helped you during that time to, you know, stay grounded, I guess, and not yeah. lose the plot? Yeah, definitely. I had affirmations stuck up all over the wall in like my birth space. So I would just go up to the wall and I would look at them and I would read them over. I had a bit of a birth playlist as well. So I put my headphones in and just, yeah, roll on my ball, or bounce on my ball, do some breathing. Um, and I just you know, I just 
trusted so deeply in the way that everything was happening you know like for me yeah I was tired and it wasn't what I had really expected I guess but in saying that I was pretty good throughout my pregnancy of not having expectations I was just like look however this happens is exactly how it's supposed to and it's perfect for me and my baby and that was like my affirmation like this is perfect for me and my baby and they're coming in the perfect timing um in the perfect way and so when you can fully uh, you know, surrender into that trust. Um, uh, yeah, I feel like it's going to make a world of a difference. Yeah, for sure. So let's jump now to the moment that labor became more active. Um, it was, <laughs> it was so funny. I remember at 1pm on the Oh, I don't even know dates right now. Sorry. But anyway, on it was 1pm in the afternoon. And I said to Joel, all right, I need to get out of this headspace because I was feeling really emotional. I just had a big cry and I was sad because my contractions were slowing down. And I was like, I need to get out of this headspace. And he was just saying, you know, like reminding me how perfect it all was. And he's like, let's go for a walk. So we walked up the road um, just kind of through the rainforest and it was um, it's quite a hilly walk. And literally within five minutes of walking, my contractions came on hard and fast and I was stopping every you know couple minutes I think it was every maybe three or four minutes um to breathe through them because and I'd lean up against a tree because I was like whoa this is this I wasn't expecting this um so we finished our walk and we got home and Amy texted me and she's like any update and I was like telling her you know my contractions are coming on hard and fast they're about this many minutes apart and she goes oh, babe, <laughs> you're in labor. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and because I just didn't, I didn't really believe that like it was happening now because it had started and stopped so many times that I guess I just fully detached. Mm. Um, and I didn't want to get my hopes up and get all excited for it then to do the same. But she was convinced like, no, it's happening now. So she, she's she been living in Brisbane and she's like, I'm leaving Brisbane now. I will see you in a few hours. And I was like, all right, I guess it's game on. And so I texted Meg and I said, Amy's on her way. It's all happening. And um, yeah, that was about 2 p.m. in the afternoon. And from 2 p.m., they arrived, sorry, they arrived at about 5 p.m. So from two to five, I was just laboring at home with Joel. Um, it wasn't like, it was definitely bearable. Um, just breathing through it and, um, yeah, just, um, I guess trying to relax and do all the things. And then they arrived at 5 PM and basically from 5 PM until I gave birth feels like a bit of a blur if I'm being honest, because, um, it was just, it was long. It was really long. And I didn't end up pushing Maya out until 8am the next morning. So well done. Mama. Oh, gosh, thank you. It was it was a lot. I feel it was a marathon. And I just, you know, nothing can prepare you. It's the mystery of birth, right? Like, I, um, I always think as well, like, reflecting on it all. I'm like, this would have been so different had I been in a hospital setting. Um, or if I had, you know, a midwife or something, I would have been labelled fa- failing to progress. Yeah. Um, I don't know, all the things. I don't even know. Yeah. But 
in a situation like yours as well, you can completely see how your birth environment yeah. plays into your yeah. outcome because you you are so vulnerable when you enter that birth realm. So you can see how, you know, if you're completely empty and someone says to you, hey, I have this to offer you that will take away your pain and give you a rest, of course you're going to say Absolutely. yes. Absolutely. Even if you don't really want Absolutely. it. Absolutely. You know? Yeah, because I said to them, I said to Joel after, you know, like the next day or a day after I'd given birth, I was like, if I'm being completely honest, um, if I was in a hospital, <laughs> I reckon – I reckon I would have probably said yes to like some pain relief, which was never a part of, you know, I never would have even considered that being a thing. But because when you go, when you are in that, you know, that deep place of, of labor and I'm, I describe it as like walking to hell and back. (laughs) Literally, it was just so hard. I, you are, you're so vulnerable and being, like you said, being in a hospital and having that pain relief as an option and being in such a state that you're in, you would, you would say yes to things that yeah. you mightn't have considered before. So yeah, I'm really, really grateful that it just wasn't an option and I just really had to, um, I had to go to that place, that place of like the deepest pain. Um, Cause that's where my little baby was. And there was no going back, you know, like there were moments I was, was like I can't do this and Amy would be like but you're doing it and I'd be like oh yeah I am (laughs) or she'd be like um I'd be like there were a few moments actually in the really early hours of the morning probably like 4 a.m where I was like begging for it to just be over I had nothing left to give and I was like why is this taking so long like just crying why is this taking so long and she just really gently reminded me that it's taking as long as it needed to take and in I just remember in that moment visualizing um my baby like you know in the birth canal or you know moving down and I was like it it just in my mind it all seemed perfect even though it was so fucking hard. I visualized us working in perfect harmony and and dancing perfectly because that's what we were doing, right? Like I had so much trust in her and I, I know she trusted me too. And even though it was the hardest thing I've ever done, I never really felt fearful, you know? Like there wasn't a moment where I didn't trust how it was all progressing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really like to remind people of that. You were just exhausted. Exactly. I was just exhausted, but I trusted it all perfectly, you know? Yeah. And I think that's really, that's, yeah, that's a really important thing to mention because, um, well, yeah, because of all the fear that exists in the birthing space, right? Um, that's what's so important to note because I feel like you, there is so much fear and you know, it's like, oh, if you're taking this long to birth, then there must be something wrong. And it's like, no, babies come when they're ready and it's going to take as long as it needs to take. And obviously that's not the case all of the time, but for the most part, I believe, yes, that is the case. Um, and particularly with first time mums, I feel, you exactly. know, because your body hasn't done this before. So there is a lot of stretching and opening. Exactly. Yeah. My body's never done this before. Um, but yeah, I just remember thinking to myself, like nothing's wrong you know it's yeah it's all it's perfect it's hard but it's perfect (laughs) yeah (laughs) okay so you're working her down take us to the moment just before she's about to crown yeah so basically 
what time was it? I don't know because it was all a blur, but I would say around like maybe around 6 a.m., um, I saw the sun start to come up through the windows and I started I started sobbing and I was like, oh. no, another day. Are you kidding me? And I yeah, Joel, Joel was just like, oh no, Winona looks like a little bit defeated because he could see that I was I was really like shocked that the sun was coming up and I was battling through another day of this. Um and Amy said, oh, no, I went to lay down on the – we had a mattress set up in the birth space, so I would alternate between the pool and the mattress. And um, I went to lay down on the mattress on my side because I thought to myself, oh, God, I literally just need to close my eyes for 30 seconds. Please can my body give me 30 seconds to just rest. And I laid down on my side, and I quickly flung back up again. And Amy was like, what are you doing? Like, you know – like, are you okay? And I was like, I can't lay on my side in that position. It hurts too much. And she was like, well, that is where you should be laying then. Like, and she basically explained me for me to go to the place where the deepest pain was because that was where my baby was. And it was just like this light bulb moment that I, I realized that I'd been resisting mm. so much of this pain because it scared the freaking hell out of me to go to that place. And so I was always having Joel. Yeah. I was always having Joel squeeze my hips in, or I was like, I was just trying to be in any position where I could, where I didn't have to feel the pain at its most intensity. But when Amy said that to me, I was like, it was like a light bulb moment that this was dragging on because I was resisting Mm -hmm. instead of just surrendering to it. And so I laid down in the position on my side. And for the first time in hours, I had no one, you know, squeezing my hips or, or anything. I just got so primal. And I was just like, I'm going there. I'm doing this. I'm over this. And I need to, I need to get my baby now. (laughs) And from then on, it all sped up so quickly, literally within, I think, like an hour. Um, Amy was like, I just heard you start pushing. Like my groan was like a push. And I was like, yes, I just felt her, oh, my baby's head move down. Um, and she's like, do you want to get in the pool? Because I reckon it's, she's getting close. And I was like, I just had this newfound sense of just almost yeah energy I was like all right let's do this I'm so exhausted but it was like I could see the finish line now if that makes sense so I got in the pool and yeah I started pushing straight away I just had this urge to just start pushing straight away and um within 40 minutes um yeah I had pushed my little girl out but um yeah the crowning was the crowning was intense. I know why they call it the ring of fire. Oh my God. But, um, (laughs) yeah, I was really slow with it. Um, you know, like I said, it was very undisturbed birth. So I had no one telling me what to do or when to do it, no coached pushing, none of that. And so I really got to tune into my body and to my baby. And, uh, when I felt the urge to kind of bear down and, and push, um, and she started crowning, I would push a bit and then I would allow like her head to kind of move back up a little bit. And we did that a few times just to gently ease her out. And um, yeah, I didn't tear or anything like that. It was 
obviously very tender, but yeah, none of no tears or um, anything. So I think I attribute a lot of that to just, yeah, going slowly during that stage without that coached pushing in like a medical or a um, hospital setting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, incredible. I had full body goosebumps listening to you describe that light bulb moment. And I feel like Amy touched on this in her episode also, mm. um, where I guess in a logical sense, in normal life, you avoid pain and you resist it. But in labor, that is actually where you need to go to meet your baby, like you said. And it just gave me all the feels hearing you have that realization going, you know, shit, I'm doing that, change it. And then things started to progress quickly. Like what a powerful reminder for you to receive. Absolutely. This was this is why I was just so grateful to have um, Amy's like wise woman yeah. <laughs> energy in my space because she really didn't say much or do much at all. At all. That's not what her um, role as a birthkeeper is. But anytime she did speak, it was just like these perfect words that I really needed to hear. And it got me, yeah, it just, it got me through every time. So, yeah, every, I feel, I wish every woman could have that energy in their birthing space. That is the dream, right? Yeah. So take us back to that moment. She's finally in your arms. You've just done this epic marathon to bring her earthside. How were you feeling? I held her in my, I pulled her up and I held her uh, kind of in my arms, but my umbilical cord was really, really short. So actually the furthest I could kind of pull her up was maybe near my belly button. It was a very short cord. Um so I, yeah, I was just holding her and I just patted her back um, and then she, yeah, coughed a few times and started breathing. Again, I want to mention that um, there was never a moment when I was pushing her out or when I pulled her up where I thought to myself, you know, like there was no fear. It was, I, I never thought, oh, is she going to breathe or oh, is her, what, what's her heart rate doing? Like all these things. I, I never once considered that, which I don't know if that's weird that I didn't, but it was just very much like I just, again, I had full, full trust. And so when I pulled her up, I just very intuitively patted her back a few times. Um, she, yeah, coughed and then she cried a little bit and at this point we still didn't know if it was a boy or a girl and I'm basically just crying and just like I'm in absolute disbelief that I actually did it I was like oh my god I actually just did this and now I'm holding this little human like what in the world mm -hmm. and um then after a few minutes um I <laughs> I look down and I'm like a boy <laughs> and <laughs> I oh, I no. <laughs> <laughs> and I couldn't actually see anything. I don't know why I just assumed this. But then Joel was like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know either. And I, I flipped her over. And, yeah, we were like, oh, my God, it's a girl. And it was no surprise because my whole pregnancy, I just, I knew it was it was my little girl in there. It was just such strong energy from her. Every time I visualized um, my baby, it was her. And every time I dreamt, it was her. So it really wasn't any surprise. Prize, but that's why I was so shocked at first when I was like, oh boy. Can't <laughs> <laughs> umbilical cord, hey? <laughs> so after everything that you went through to bring her earthside, you know, the depths you had to go to to meet her, do you just reflect on that now like, wow, I'm a powerhouse and I can do anything? <laughs> Literally, that is 
literally what I say now to like everyone. I'm like so proud. Like, yes, I free birthed my first baby. I freaking did that or we did that. And um, if I can do that, I can do anything. Like that was the hardest thing I have ever done. And yeah, just feeling so empowered and so just, yeah, in almost a little bit of disbelief because when I reflect upon it, I'm just like, there were moments where I was just like, oh my God, how do I get through this? But you do, right? You just do it. Yeah. One of my favorite midwives says when she was supporting one of the mamas that I've interviewed and she'd reached that threshold, you know, didn't want to do it anymore and Meg just turned to her and she's like, that's fine, darling, but, you know, what's the other option? Yeah. <laughs> like you have to birth your baby. I know, that's the thing. Literally, it's like there's no going back now. Yeah. The only way is forward. The only way is birthing this baby. So let's let's get it done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I guess that rolls on to motherhood as well. You're going to have days where you feel like, I can't go on or I'm exhausted. I can't cope. Yes. But as mothers, we always make it work. We figure it out. We keep pushing through. Exactly. Exactly. And that was that was huge for me in my labor as well. Like huge preparation for motherhood was just that surrender, right? Like just huge surrender every day. Yeah. <laughs> every single day. So what about your placenta? Did you end up doing anything special with that? Yeah, it was it was awesome. I didn't, again, I didn't really have any expectations, but I guess I had heard that it could potentially, you know, be painful. Um, and it could take a little while or, you know, or it could be all these things, whatever, but I was just like, all right, whatever will be, will be. Um, so once I got out of the pool, um, to go and lay on the mattress, um, I I walked over and I sat for maybe 10 minutes and then Meg said, oh, the birth's not over over yet. Remember, you need to birth the placenta. And I just looked up and I was like, no, because I literally had forgotten. I had forgotten. And, um, you know, everyone was like, it's all good. Like, it's fine. Do you want to sit up and just squat over a little bowl when you feel ready? And I, I actually don't know if I even had like the urge to birth the placenta but I basically just stood up and I squatted over this bowl and I gave a little push like the tiniest push and it it quite literally just fell out of me so I was like cool perfect (laughs) (laughs) well you deserve it after your marathon your placenta was like girl I got you oh my god I'm gonna do it to you (laughs) exactly exactly yeah anything special with your placenta did you encapsulate it or bury it yeah so we um what did we do we took all of the excess blood and like little blood clots that had come out in the bowl with the placenta and we put that in a container into the fridge and then we put the actual placenta in the oh in the freezer but sorry I just remembered we actually had intentions to do a lotus birth um so keeping the placenta attached to bub until it like naturally until the umbilical cord naturally detaches but about 
14 hours into doing the lotus birth it was just like not nah, this cord is so short it's really making life difficult with like feeding swapping her from boob to boob um i'm exhausted i don't have the energy for this so we ended up yeah after 14 hours we cut the cord and then um the placenta went into the freezer and yeah, like I said, all the blood and the blood clots into the fridge. And a few weeks later, when I had the energy, we walked down um, onto the property that I birthed on and with the blood and the clots. <laughs> and we planted a little fig tree um, with the owners of this land uh, and just did like a really sweet little ceremony like thanking the land for holding us so beautifully and welcoming us here and um yeah having birthing my baby here and um poured all the blood into the tree and then about two weeks ago we went back to my partner's family's property near Bellingen and did the same there's a baby fig tree there and we um buried the actual placenta on that property so now we feel like she's connected to both two two of the most special places to us yeah that's so beautiful yeah and how are you feeling at the moment being so early in your postpartum i am i'm i'm seven weeks on wednesday um i feel good i mean it's been relatively slow as it should be um and i've been yeah, supported really beautifully, lots of nourishing food. Um, I was getting a little, I guess, bored. I felt like I was on house arrest <laughs> for a while. Um, so we started we started venturing out just to like, you know, the beach or going to little waterfalls um, and stuff. But yeah, my postpartum's been pretty good. Um, yeah, just just lots of lots of rest and lots of support. Um, but yeah, basically just floating still on a massive high, like in this little love bubble. Um, not to say that there aren't moments of like, you know, overwhelm and what the hell is this, like our new life, wow. You know, just like yeah. wrapping your head around it all, which is so normal. But yeah, for the most part, just, yeah, lots of love. Beautiful. <laughs> just quickly, did your was your partner on board with a free birth from the get-go or was oh my God. any pushback? No, 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 no pushback from him. He is amazing. Um, we're very much like similar in uh, like our beliefs and the way that we yeah live and stuff. Um, we make a good team. Um, but actually at the beginning, there were little moments where I was like, ooh, like – this is going to be like full on, you know, doing, having your first birth, like completely sovereign and um, yeah, just the way we want to. There were definitely moments where I was like, uh, I, I wouldn't say fearful, but just a little maybe unsure. And he would always bring me back to just that, like, you know, intuition, deep knowing, like we got this, you got this. Um, so yeah, no, he's been absolutely amazing throughout it all and I think that shocks a lot of people because um I well at least for some people I've spoken to they're like wow it's so maybe not common for men to be able to like hold that space um yeah I think it's we need more we need more men kind of standing up in this space in the birth space yeah so to wrap up the episode, what would be your key piece of advice for any future mamas out there listening? Um, 
definitely to educate yourself like in whatever way that means because like I said earlier knowledge is power and we live in a world where we're very you know complacent I guess and like we're told we're told that this is how you do something or this is the safest way to do it or you know yada yada especially in the birth space so much fear and when I started to really look into you know like maybe statistics of of things and um what really could go wrong and you know all these things I started to really dive deep into it and educate myself and speak to speak to women who had free birth I was like there's nothing to be scared of so yeah definitely educate yourself and just think outside of the box you know like take take your birth into your own hands um instead of handing your power over to somebody else because that's what so so many women do and um yeah uh and also another thing would just be to surround yourself with people who trust physiological birth um and empower you and inspire you to also birth in your power um that's just so important because you speak to so many people and they all have a you know a story to tell about how it was traumatic and how this went wrong and the hospital saved them and you know I'm not um of course their experience is valid of course but if you want to have a sovereign free birth or an empowered birth no matter where you birth right uh, it doesn't matter if you birth at home or in a hospital or you know wherever um but the most important thing is that you yeah are educated and that you feel empowered and so surrounding yourself with people who inspire you to to do that inspire you to trust in yourself is so important yeah i love that what a powerful journey you've had full of deep trust and resilience thank you so much for coming on the show today winona and sharing it with us today thank you for having me i yeah i love sharing my story and i hope that um i can inspire other mamas to birth in their power too that brings us to the end of today's show i know we have touched on this in the episode but it is such a powerful reminder i feel like i need to speak about it again sinking into the intensity of labor over resisting it really think about that concept because we as human beings we resist or shy away from pain which is a logical thing to do in everyday life because that keeps us safe it is so important to reframe what the sensations you are feeling in labor. It is not pain that is going to warn us away from something. It is not pain that is going to hurt us. It is pain with purpose, as Rhea Dempsey says. Reminding yourself of this will help you from falling into that default setting of, okay, this is hurting, I need to move away from this, and help you to sink into the intensity. Because as Amy reminded Winona, it's the place that scares you the most that will help you meet your baby. I hope you all enjoyed today's episode. If you love PBA, we would be forever grateful if you could leave a review on your podcast platform so that we can continue this work and reach more women who need it. Thank you all so much for listening. Let me know what you think of today's show over on the PBA Instagram and I will see you all next week for another episode of Positive Birth Australia.